you know, they scratched on the wood and the way it spreads is if the abscess popped on the wood and the other goat went and scratched it, the other goat got it no matter what. It was bad. So we go through, you know, a lot more maintenance for health for, for a lot of reasons. Cause if I took one of these goats to show and it had an illness and I didn't know about it because I'm not testing for it, I just put all everybody else's goats. Hey y'all, I'm Mel and you are listening to Wilma the Wonder Hen. Are you a chicken mouth loving mama or daddy? Together we'll dive into the latest poultry keeping adventures, chat about everyday life, with a generous mix of some hilarious stories. Bringing you fascinating interviews with poultry owners from all over. You'll find tips and basic advice from your local veterinarian, along with new chicken keeping gadgets and reviews. I'm gonna see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma has to say about that. We're going to encourage and help you build a stronger, healthier flock. Let's go see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma is up to. Let's go let these heifers out. Hey y'all, welcome back. And today's guest is Jody of Little Skis Dairy. She is a wife, a mother, and a goat dairy farmer. And I will tell you, she has some of the cutest goats I've ever laid my eyes on. Hey, Jody, how are you today? We are good. Busy, busy, busy. We just we're getting ready to kick off kidding season. So that starts next month, and it will go till May, and then we will. Be done probably till about December. You are constantly on the go. You are definitely a busy lady. Could you tell us a little bit about how you started? How how did all this come to be? Where did this come from? Um, it started literally walking <laughs> walking into Cal Ranch. My friend showed me some goats prior, and she actually made a bet with my with me. She says, you know, I bet you you can't beat me in showing goats and I said oh really oh really well let's do it so I'm on one acre nothing there had nothing she had to move her goats because she was moving from an apartment in the country to an apartment in a city no goats allowed so she had 30 some goats and I said hey let's put them in my backyard there's nothing there (laughs) let's throw them back there and we did and then that that kicked off. Uh, two weeks later, I went to Cal Ranch. It was uh, they called it chicken stock, where you bring baby animals, and it's mostly chicks and ducks. You know, you can get some exotic, you know, quails and the Assami chickens and everything. And they were selling goats. <laughs> so I saw this goat. She was beautiful. She she just she glowed. And she was just the most beautiful goat. Uh, she had white on her head and she was moon spotted, which is the, the babies that you always comment on. Beautiful, beautiful. So uh, I asked them how much and they said $125. Give me your wallet, honey. <laughs> Put her in the car and we actually, I think we went in there for like cat food or something. So, something. We went in there just for something real quick because we were in town. And we had to head home because we were going to move the goats that weekend. Well, <laughs> got my first goat. And then from then on, we got another one because she needed a friend. We got another one just to, so each of us had a goat. So there's five of us. So each of us would have a goat. Yeah. Then it turned into what we are today. 
What did your family think about that? What did your kids think? What did your husband think? We're not doing this. You're not bringing home goats. We ain't got no room for goats. My kids were excited. They they actually were excited. My husband, he just didn't want to take care of them. I don't want to feed them. That's it. I don't want to feed them. Okay. You don't have to feed them. (laughs) So, and then uh, I asked the kids, you want to do 4-H? Yes, mom. So 4-H was all new to me. My daughter was already in FFA for two years she kind of knew about 4-H more than I knew about 4-H and my other two. I said, okay, and uh, put a post on Facebook, met my very best friend and mentor. I've been doing 4-H for two years. Where did you attain the knowledge? You didn't have goats growing up or any you know, farm animals. Where did you go? What resources did you use? Um, my mentor, believe it or not, and 4-H. Um, she is a 4-H leader. She's been in 4-H for 15 years. At one point with me and my friend, it didn't work out. The goats didn't work out. She ended up moving back home, which is uh, up in Boise, the capital of Idaho. She moved up there. I was left with nine goats and a buck. And I didn't want to breed because I didn't want more goats. I was already, you know, devastated plan for this business was both of ours to do together. And she just, she just up and left. So I was, I was like, I don't want to do goats at all and this is before 4-H well we enrolled in 4-H but we only attended one meeting because she uh took the fair animals with her so my kids couldn't show it in fair it was just it was a lot so I almost gave up I put a post out there on Facebook and I wanted to give up and then I met this wonderful lady her name is Amy I met her and she's like no you know don't get rid of them. Don't do this. Don't do that. For Christmas, she gave me my first two bottle babies. <laughs> okay. uh, Milo and Arlo. And they lived in my house for 18 weeks. That's not normal for a goat to live in your house for 18 weeks. <laughs> but I didn't have anything set up. That's well beyond just um, nurturing it until it gets you know, capable of going back outside. And then, so come February, she had been talking to me, you know, you should milk goats. You should sell raw goat's milk. You, um, I was already making soap because they gave me the idea, you know, make soap. I'm like, okay, I'll make soap. So started making soap, started uh, recycling the feed bags. Um, Another one of my really good friends, his, his name is Ben. And I, he's also the 4-H leader of the group and Amy's friend, too. Um, they had just sold their house. So they had, what, 20 goats, babies, milking moms, um, a weather. And these goats were Amy's goats that Amy's grandkids used in 4-H. So these goats, have, you know, they've been in like this knit cool little goat community that we have i love it to death i just i'm so happy to be proud of it or be a part of it so and um they had a move mom was moving to utah he was moving to another city all the all the animals had to go and he's like if you take care of them you can have them so here i go i got full registered goats and we, we started milking in February. We were feeding 22 babies. We were milking 17 moms. We were making soap. But what we were doing with the milk is um, my friend Ben, he had, the, had a cow. He would milk his cow, give us the milk. We'd feed the baby goats, milk the mama goats, and then feed that to uh, free rescue horses. 
Wow. That's a lot. Starting with zero and then now look at you. Two bottle babies and wanting to, I just wanted to give up. I was done. I did not want to do goats. I was just, and, and I had no other animals, just goats. So no, no poultry. I was That's afraid. Awesome. I was afraid. <laughs> I was afraid. I was afraid to have chickens. I was, but you know, in the end we did end up with everything that we got here. So. How do you manage that on the piece of property that you own? That that has to take some real planning, real skills, and well thought out to have that many animals on a smaller piece of property. It's It's been a lot of thinking, uh, a lot of reading. Um, again, the small little goat community. When we started, I got to actually go to somebody's house and milk milk by hand, milk by machine, watch the rotation before I even brought these goats home. And I got to go to his house too, to milk the goats we were taking. So um, seeing everybody set up, I mean, every, every setup is different. Every way everybody does everything is different. Seeing all theirs and okay, this won't work for me. This won't work for me. And then my husband, um, the, the barn, that's all him. I just told him what I needed, where I needed it, and how I rotate it. And he he built everything. So well we wow. he built everything, but he had the the architect <laughs> of it. You thought it out and then he implemented it. Okay. Yeah, he was the muscle behind the design. We we started out when we got um Astrid. Uh, we put up a quick pen and we had a lean to shed. And when we got the other goats prior, we didn't even have a fence. We used an electrical fence. <laughs> so keeping 32 goats in your backyard, and that was all the way to the porch. The only place we got was from the porch to the side of the house. The goats got the rest. Oh, wow. Yes. And then they had the lead two for housing. And that was it. We did bring them in a load of dirt. So they did have a dirt hill for a while. Other than that, nope. They killed my, all my trees. <laughs> so I didn't know a lot about what um, went into all this. When I see your goats, that's kind of what sparked. It's like, oh, I want a baby goat so bad. And then once we started talking and I started reading up on goats, I was like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Where do you see yourself moving forward with your flock? You have so many activities going on. Tell us a little bit about your milk sales. How did how did that come about? Do you find that you have a big a customer res a customer database that is in need of the raw goat's milk? The Southeast Idaho, there is a high demand for raw goat's milk. There's not very many people that will actually take the time and the commitment. If they do take the time and commitment, they don't do it over winter. And, and a lot of people kid during winter, but they're all meat goats. So none of them are dairy. So dairy hardly kids during winter. So they're relying on the stores for milk. So it is a high demand to have milk in the winter. And it is a high demand to have milk right now. Um, I'm selling three gallons a week. And my does produce two gallons a day. Who is your biggest clientele? Is there a certain group of people that uh, purchase the milk or? It's just word of mouth. Like right now, the the individuals that I'm selling milk to, they're actually my neighbor's uh, great grandkids. Uh, his grandkids 
he supports my business. He just lives down the road for me. Aww. This is a family of 11 kids. Wow. Yes, it is huge. So um, he knew I had goats. He didn't know if I sold milk, but he came down and asked me, do you sell milk? Absolutely. And at that point, I just barely sent my testing off to the state. And the day after, it was all approved. Like, they were my first customers for 2021. That's awesome. Feeding a nine-month-old and a six-month-old baby right now. So they come by every week. No, you are spreading joy to all kinds of people. That is amazing, Jody. I'm so proud of you. And I know your family must be proud of you. I hope so. I hope they are. <laughs> I think you're teaching them a lot about hard work for sure. Yes. Dedication, commitment. Yeah. And not giving up on your dreams or maybe just taking a dream and running with it, not thinking twice about it. Do you have any tips that you can share? Let's say if I wanted to get goats. Jody, I want to go out and get two baby goats to start with. What tips could you give us and where or what advice would you send us? Where would you send me to look for that information? Well, if, if you were here and I've, I've actually had a couple people um, I got a list building right now, but they, they want to pet goats. So my recommendation, you always have to buy them in pairs. When you sell your chickens, they, they sell them in what, six, 12? Yeah. When you go buy ducks and everything else that are older, usually they come with a friend unless you got friends. So we always try to sell them in pairs, especially, you know, if that's what you're getting. So first time you're having goats, you're get, you just want two little babies or whatever. then. Um, Two, if you already have some and they're kind of the same age, then I will, you know, allow you to take one, but two, because they're very social animals and you don't want them to be lonely. I know a lot of people like to raise them like dogs and they can be, they can be, you know, this <laughs> little fluff ball. They're amazing. Have you had any type of mistakes or things that you would have done differently that now looking back, you realize, oh, hey, hey, I've made some awful choices here. <laughs> uh, there's absolutely nothing we would do differently. We've uh, we're still learning. We're working through it. Like when we first got the goats, we did the electrical fence. No, we need something different. No, we need something different. So we we've had. A lot. <laughs> I've made a lot of mistakes. I've wasted many, many labels printing my soap. Um, another mistake that, um, you know, 125 pound pallet house, it, it shouldn't be, the roof shouldn't weigh that much. We, we lost a baby goat because of that. And the biggest thing is quarantine. The, of a lesson that we would learn, no matter what, you quarantine every single animal. Like if I went to you and I bought three chickens mm -hmm. and then let's say three weeks later, I come back and buy three more chickens just because I bought them the first time. So no, no matter, you know, if, oh, well, everybody was good the last time I brought them three weeks, even 24 hours, something could change at your place. Yeah. And, you know, we quarantine. I, I know everybody says biosecurity, but quarantine is the biggest of the biggest no matter how much testing you do, no how much money you spend, how many books you read, how many videos you watch, it comes all down to did you quarantine in the time between? Because of that, we 
um, lost all those goats that we first started with. I think it was 40, almost 40 goats, all of them. We lost them just because I didn't quarantine, even though they came from the same place, different times. I just, I mean, we did so much testing. We, you know, vaccinated, we dewormed, we did. I mean, I spent two, three grand just getting everything set up to seven months later because I didn't take the time when we brought the second batch and I didn't take the time to quarantine the two goats. Can I ask what happened? It, it was one of the... Goats have three main diseases, and it's CAE, CL, and Yonase. CAE is like arthritis, is the best I can explain it. It's called caprine arthritis or something like that. And CL is where they get abscesses. Um, They could be externally or internally. It is mostly common in sheep and in boars. Um, A lot of people don't really care if they're the the market, the meat goats have them because by the time they go to butcher, they're they're not going to show any signs at all of them. But it's abscesses that um, go on the outside, inside. Um, they're always going to be there. There's no vaccination. You can vaccinate for future abscesses not to come up, but every time you test, they're always going to test positive. So you're never going to know if that's internal. And then the other one is yonase, which is, you know, kind of like mad cow disease. We, we test our cow's milk for yonase. We test our goats for yonase. And just the same thing because they're a ruminant animal, the same as a cow. So they kind of sheep, goats, and cows kind of share the same. Being a ruminant animal, they share the same genetics. So, so the goats got CL. So the, one of the ones that we brought in at towards the end after merging all the herds um and and nobody knew because we we tested for it we tested everybody before everybody merged we knew that she was pregnant and everything else and she uh she had an abscess on the the side of her abdomen and we didn't think anything of it because one of the other goats had one and it was actually because she uh nicked the fence when she was getting loaded to come to my house so we thought maybe you know she was on the lower level of the the totem pole for for animals you know your main person (laughs) she was on the lower end so you know we thought okay so she did something before she came so and that was not the case Uh, we had more pop-up and more pop-up and then we quarantined and then we went to vet after vet testing after testing and everything came back no 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 and finally did another test, and sure enough, the, the whole herd had been exposed, and we assumed they were all infected. I'm so sorry to hear about that. That, that is definitely a hard lesson to learn. It is. It is. Can you give us three things about goats that maybe the most common person, like myself, wouldn't know? Some fun facts about goats. The lifespan of a goat is about the same as a dog. Um, One of my friends, her dog just passed and she was 14 years old and she's had her since she, I mean, she had, she had her mom and grandma and, and everything. So she lived 14 years and I'm like, 
that's about as long as my Labrador and my pugs have lived. <laughs> it's a long time. Yeah. They have four stomachs and they can't throw up. Why can they not throw up? I don't know why they can't throw up, but they can't throw up. So in the, in the result of that is they get bloated. So when they always talk about, you know, my animal died for, from bloat, same with cows. They can't throw up. So yeah, cows can't throw up. I don't think sheep can throw up. Goats can't throw up. And I think llamas and alpacas are the same. Do you have any pushback in your area or within the community that you live in? Do you feel like your neighbors are supportive? Like you said, the the gentleman and his uh, family have been buying raw milk for you. But outside of that, do you have any of those things that you have to go against or fight against or accommodate for that? As, as far as city, county ordinance, n- not really. I haven't really checked into them to know exactly what we need to do. We um, live literally out of the county, way out. I call it in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we're actually surrounded by the Snake River, which is one of the big rivers in Idaho. And I live on an island. I have a canal that goes right through the back of my yard, through the other neighbor's yard and back over and, and all the neighbors here, everybody loves everybody. Uh, my neighbor next door, they got four chickens and a guinea hen and uh, they used to have two guinea hens and the guinea hens used to visit me way before I got goats. So my daughter was mortified. <laughs> they were in the backyard. They were going to get her through the screen door. I think she's like four. <laughs> The guinea hen? Yeah, the guinea hen. can be a little scary. And they're noisy. And uh, I've, I've always asked him, are my goats too loud? You know, and the rooster. I know a lot of people have problems with roosters. I only have one. But at one point, I had 22 here. So, and he says, <sighs> he says, no, I actually enjoy it every morning because I can hear him crow. And it takes me back to when I was a child when we were on our dairy farm. I was like, really? You you could get a rooster. And he says, I don't want to deal with that. (laughs) Why would you get your own rooster? You can just listen to it. Yep. And then Daisy, our little gray Indian runner, um, she decided to go to the neighbor's house to start laying eggs. And one day (laughs) I couldn't find Walnut, which is her mate. So we're all looking and hollering. I looked over the fence and they were in the neighbor's backyard. And they're, they're well into their 80s. Well, into their 80s, and I'm thinking, oh, guys, they're they're going to complain. They haven't complained about the goats. I mean, there has been a lot of noise, a lot of noise, and I would complain. Okay, I would dogs barking, kids screaming, goats hollering for no reason, whether to be milked, feed treats, say hi to me. It's it's constant all day, every day, and it has been. Um, I went over there and knocked on the door, and I said can I, can I get my ducks out of your backyard? He says, Oh, they've been here all morning and all afternoon. And actually they sat there at their kitchen table watching the duck through the puddles and stuff like that. And they enjoyed it. And I was like, Oh, they can visit you anytime. I will let them, we could put a ramp right through the fence and they come over there and you can put a pond in, you build the pond. I'll supply the ducks. (laughs) I love it, which I know you live out in the country, but sometimes you can kind of be in between like where we live. We live in the middle of the Cherokee National Forest. So pretty much you can do whatever you want out here. 
But that is great that your neighbors love it and appreciate uh, all that you are doing. Give our listeners some information about the things that you do sell that is available to everyone, not just your na- you know, not just your neighbor who can come over and buy raw milk. So I know that you have other products that we could buy. And I purchased some of your amazing bags and I am waiting for them. But can you tell us a little bit about that? Some things that you offer? My my vision <laughs> is to have a store here on the property. So I can quit selling out of my basement, my spare room. I have somewhere where people can, you know, 3,000 feed bags. Okay, feed bags. You guys empty the feed bags. Most of them land at my house, at least in my little community. I They're either dropping them off or I'm collecting. And we're, we've been, what, 400 one day? Overwinter is the worst. This Saturday, I'll probably have probably about 750 of them collected. <laughs> it's a lot. So we take feed bags and... So I sell everything out of my store. It's not finished. I'm hoping to have it up and going in May. And in, in, in the store, you will be able to buy the raw goat's milk. I'll have a fridge in there and everything. So you can stop coming to my front door to buy it. You can walk to the store and get it out of the cooler. Um, we're going to have cheese, different cheeses. We're going to have kachia, which is the goat's milk caramel. My feed bags. Uh, my reusable feedback grocery totes. So we we take reuse, we take all the feedbacks and we recycle them into reusable grocery totes. Um, I got a uh, apron that I'm making. I made a tablecloth and then we make stockings out of them. We waste very little of them. Um, I also do handmade and all natural goat milk soap. You can buy that and then duck eggs, goose eggs, not goose. Don't have goose yet. That's on the list. Duck eggs, turkey eggs, and chicken eggs. And then obviously goats. That is pretty impressive. That is amazing. I'm so glad that you uh, mentioned your store, what you're looking for in the future. Yes, I am currently working on a website. I'm actually working with my friend that I'm housing all their goats uh, for. I'm actually working with her. I mean, she's she's a mother of 11 and they're currently trying to move into their new place next week. So it's between all of us, their family and me. I mean, she's she's helping me as much as as much as she can. I'll go in and edit the website and she'll go back in and proof it. We're we're hoping by the first of May to to get it up and going. Contact you through say your TikTok or your Instagram and we could still make those purchases, right? Yep, TikTok. We're on Facebook, TikTok and Instagram. The most uh Fastest way is Facebook, or you can email us at littleskeesdairy.com or littleskeesdairy at gmail.com. Yeah, that's exciting. I did buy some bags and I didn't realize that you had soap or I would have ordered that too. So I'm probably going to contact you after this is over and uh, see if I can get some, purchase some soaps too. So Jody, can you give us some tips on how you keep your herd healthy? Some basic ideas. Know your animals. Most definitely know your animals. Every animal is different. We go through herd maintenance with our goats. We test them every three months for CL, CAE, and Yones. We hoof trim them every other month because their hoofs are like our toenails. They continually grow and grow and grow and grow. 
uh, we deworm and we de-lice. And then we, um, we will shave them twice a year. So I'll shave them in the spring when it's warm enough almost to summer. And then I'll go ahead and um, we show in 4-H in August. And then we turn around and I, and I show, my kids show in August. And then I turn around and I show in my two shows. So mine's at the end of August and then mine's at the beginning of September again. So we, we shave them twice a year. And it keeps down on, you know, lice and bugs because when you come out of winter, I mean, even for the chickens yes. <laughs> and the ducks, <laughs> feeds are different. Pregnant moms, they just get hay along with my weathers. My bucks get a certain grain for them. Uh, my milking moms get a different grain. And then my other uh, animals that need to put on weight, they get a totally different grain. So just knowing your your goats and your animals, knowing what they need. Yeah, and that takes a lot of time with them. That takes a lot of interacting yeah. with your animals and uh, paying attention to their specific dietary needs or, you know, if you see something coming on as an illness. We talk a lot about that in the chicken community is making sure you can handle your hens and it's easier to pick up on any illness and things like that. So with your goats, you're applying that, you know, the same way is to making sure what each one needs, but definitely at at a more um, advanced level. So there's a lot, there's a lot more to deal with. I don't think everybody goes and, you know, draws blood off their chicken and sends it in every three months just to see if, if they're good. Right. We do that since we had that, you know, CL, um, I was every six weeks I was testing. It was about $300 just to make sure that we are on the right track because the pen that they were in, we, we took the tractor and we dug it all out. I bleached it. I hooked up the sprayer and I bleached it. I burned everything I could burn. That was wood that was in that pen. Like we went on full lockdown. Anybody that came to the farm, you had booties on. Any shoes that I wore on my farm, me or my kids, we never wore them to anybody else's farm. If we did, we put booties on or we changed into a pair of shoes they had. I mean, we didn't have to go that extreme from what I went through and the decision I had to make. You know, it it was tough. My kids didn't want to do 4-H no more. They were hard, you know, just to, to start out like this. I mean, it, it was rough. To go in depth on, on testing, I mean, I, I do it until we, I mean, we've been one full year, 100%, no problems. Knock on wood, knock on wood, but a full year. And it, and I missed my shows. I mean, I, we tested what, nine months in and everything was good. Nobody was sick. Everybody was healthy. Started over with a bunch, but we had a few that were still on the property that were in totally different side of the property. So at one point, you know, cause we thought it was in the grass, it was this, it was here, you know, they scratched on the wood and the way it spreads is if the abscess popped on the wood and the other goat went and scratched it, the other goat got it no matter what it was bad. So we go through, you know, a lot more maintenance for health for, for a lot of reasons. Cause if I took one of these goats to show and it had an illness and I didn't know about it because I'm not testing for it. I just put all everybody else's goats. I mean, we, we had some of the goats that tested positive for it, but showed no signs whatsoever. 100% healthy. 
Good as be. No abscesses. No nothing. Is it a requirement to have all the testing done before you show? It isn't. A, I don't think it is a requirement to have it all done. I just, you know, I just went through all, you know, learning. This is what I don't want this to happen again. And and I tell a lot of people about the story because it's it's heartbreaking. It all came down to I didn't quarantine. <laughs> didn't quarantine. That was it. And we were learning about it. I mean, we went through all the testing and it was my first time because when I got all those other goats, like I said, when I bought Astrid, had to buy another one. And then we bought four more and then we bought two more. I didn't quarantine. I just threw them all together. Like, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know about testing. So I was lucky that when I did test them, test those ones before I brought in that other herd, that they were negative for everything. So, you know, I just, I, I kind of got lucky. But then right then we started digging in to what it requires for herd maintenance. Because when he brought me the goats, we did the hoof trim. We drew the blood for the three testings uh, for raw milk sales. She got a test for tuberculosis and brucellus. So we had the vet come out and do that. And then we, you know, dewormed, de-liced. We did everything February two years ago. On, on all those. And it just came down to quarantine. Now you have that knowledge that you can share with someone else and maybe help prevent them from going through um, what y'all had had to go through. Cause I know that is such a hard thing and it breaks my heart to see you sad. It just to lose that many animals at one time. Yep. And when uh, we do rent out our bucks, I have three bucks I rent them out. I test them before I send them off. Um, I have a few customers that have come back because they like his babies. They like him. He's a stud. Just those three little babies. He's my handsome boy. No, no, he can't go anywhere. I, I always ask him, have you tested your herd? And most of the, the clients that I have, they're, they only have one or two does, you know, the, the, They've bred before, but the people that they used before no longer live here. I will ask them, have you tested for these three things? And they say, no. Well, I will walk them through. It's If you can draw blood, fine. You, we can show you. I mean, we can walk you through, but you physically have to draw the blood on the goat. And we'll show you how to send it in. It's, it's very easy, very simple. A lot of the, even other people that I've helped, uh, my daughter just, had a friend contact me through the FFA looking for the fainting goats. I don't have fainting goats and I don't know anybody around here. So I told her this group, they might be able to help. And they did help. And she said she was going to go pick up the goat in a few weeks. I gave her a rundown. You asked them about testing. I mean, she's what, 17 years old. So you asked them, um, have they tested for CL, Yone, CAE? What protocols do they take? You ask them these questions. And now she wants uh, my daughter to go over and walk her through testing her goats. She's had them for, I think, three or four years, but she's never, she doesn't know about CL, CAE, no name. She's never tested for it. Do you receive certification that says that, you know, this, we are negative for such and such and such? Um, every time you send in um, vials to be tested, you get a piece of paper that comes back and, and it gives you the, the lab results. So when you send your stud out, do you require that they also have whatever latest he's going to visit? Do you require that they also be tested? I, I try to require, but I go more in depth 
it's it's a small goat community, so we know where a lot, well, especially my friend Amy, she knows where a lot of goats come from. <laughs> so, you know, it could have been a goat sold 10 years ago, and she can go and find, you know, where it came from. And I'll talk to them. Do you do, you do shows? Do you take them out to the public? I see. Where'd you get them from? So it has a lot to do with that, because some of them are just, you know, like you, let's just say you got two does and you just wanted babies. Okay, you've never had goats before. You never knew about seal testing. You've never had any issues with your goats at all. And you contacted me. So I would talk to you about the testing and if you want to test and everything else. I don't require it. If I'm kind of iffy about the person and the animals, I will require it. But where you've only just had the two goats, I mean, you have no other, you know, livestock, then, you know, I would feel comfortable enough. To, to send them. But when he comes back, he goes into quarantine and the, he's usually gone four to six weeks. So that's perfect. I can draw another vial of blood, send it off for testing just to make sure nothing came back from their place. Two weeks for the test, two weeks of quarantine. If anything happens or pops up, then, you know, I know. Quarantine, quarantine, quarantine. We always, a lot of people skip over it. <sighs> no matter what, quarantine. <laughs> Love it. I love that. I love the quarantine. We do that too. Tell us a little bit about where you take your goats and the activities that you do with your goats. <sighs> what we do with our goats. We do a lot of things with their goats. Yes. I want to hear all about it. The kids, the kids show the goats uh, in 4-H. I show the goats in MDGA live show, MDGA virtual show, and ADGA live show, which is uh, two of the registries for mini and standard goats. There's also one for boars and angoras. There's a lot of different registries. Um, I also <laughs> take my goats wherever. Uh, they're popular at my vets. They're popular at my bank. <laughs> they're popular at the feed store. I got a pretty funny story. Um, I was driving <laughs> my goat loves which is the baby's mom. I was driving her to drop off two other goats to my friend. And I had her buckled in the passenger seat of my car. And I California stopped um, a stop sign, which is you just go, you hurry and look and then you go. I did that. And it was only 25 miles per hour and I'm doing 35. I got pulled over. (laughs) I had two goats in the very back. Little loves. buckle in my passenger seat and everything and he comes up to the window and the first thing I said you know was I speeding and he says not only that but you didn't fully stop at the stop sign and here's loves looks at him he looks at her and he says you just need to watch your speed and make sure you stop at the stop sign have a good day I was just two blocks from my friend's house and I get there and I was like, you won't believe what happened. Love's got me out of a couple tickets. <laughs> me, she was, uh, if you look back there, she's my right here. Yeah, I see her. Two time uh, V show grand champion for two different judges. And she was a reserve grand champion um, last year for the virtual show or for the live show. And then uh, 2018, she won queen of her class and everything else. She's a fabulous, fabulous go. Wow, she is fabulous. And she beats speeding tickets. I absolutely love her. And one of the things I really want to introduce, so I became a 4-H leader. 
uh, this year. And we actually have our first in-person 4-H meeting tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, on top of that, I'm getting two baby goats, the neighbor's dog. Plus, I got to feed their chickens on top of spring break. To I want to open our, our farm to small groups of homeschoolers. I mean, private schools, homeschools, where you can come and, and learn and experience. You get to milk the moms. You get to try the raw goat's milk. You get to feed the babies if they're available. You get to pet the chickens, the turkeys, the ducks. And then we talk about all the uses and what the goats are. Like, what what's a baby? What's a yearling? What's a doe? What's a doe in milk? I mean... And what's a buck? What's a weather? Because a lot of people don't know. So we will teach them how to do it. So uh, somebody reached out on Facebook. They were looking for something for spring break for a group of 60 kids. Everybody pointed them. We have a place. It's called Bear World. It's a like 15 acres. You get to see all wildlife, elk, deer, bears. You get to feed a baby cub if you want to. Antelope and everything so and wolves they got wolves over there too so but it's 65 dollars a carload and i'm like so i messaged her and i said you know i just opened this business this is something i would like to offer to the community and people to because my friend with the 11 kids they come out i mean i know their goats are here but they they come out and they just have the most fun time and they're always following me around jody what are you doing Jody, what are you doing? I'm watering. Well, can I water? Yes. When do they need water? Why does a goat need water? <laughs> well, what's that on the goat? What's this? And I'll reach over and touch and, oh, you got a skirt. What's a skirt? You know, so I'm already teaching these kids <laughs> when they're out here. And it's fun. And I enjoy it. So I told her, I can make up a lesson plan for you and everything else free of charge. So they're, they're coming out. She gave me, it's an hour and a half a day. So I created a lesson plan. I actually made these cute little. That's, you can't see what she's showing, but it's so cute. She's got a little, like a little um, pack of goodies for the kids. So they're going to take that. So they're going to come out and everything. So um, they're going to give me a real good in-depth. Can I do this? Can I add this to my farm? And then if this works. Um, Another thing we do with our goats is I do something that's called Baby Animal Days. It's a three-day event. It is chaotic. It's 1,400 miles of driving, no sleep. But I get to go and teach. Uh, last year, they had over 60,000 people come these three days. I taught everybody about goats, baby goats. I sold goats. I sold. That was the first time I sold my soap. I was up at 3 a.m. and I had to leave by 5 and I was packaging soap just to make it happen to offer goat milk soap. And everybody's like, where can I find you at? Because I'm going to want more. It's, it's just been word of mouth in the, in the whole community. I've had people from California reach out to me. Can I order soap? Can I order bags? Washington, Oregon. It's all been word of mouth from friends that I've known that moved there and went grocery shopping with my bag. <laughs> so educational events i will take them uh they go to ffa when they go teach the third and fourth graders in ffa our goats go the my daughter teaches it so we we do a lot of fun things with the goats it's not all just about breeding and selling babies and milking it's it's a lot 
Did you think you would be a teacher like you are right now? Like when you were younger, if you could think back to when you were younger, was any of this stuff on your mind? Absolutely not. (laughs) I didn't know where I was going. I mean, I'm the youngest out of five in my family. I'm the only one that got my GED. I'm the only one that actually enrolled in college. I did 18 months of college. But I'm also the only one that's a little bit more successful than everybody. And no, I didn't think (laughs) I didn't think I would be where I was at today at all. I figured I would be where they were at. Wow. That's pretty deep, Jody. I owe a lot to my husband. <laughs> I owe a lot to him. Uh, when I met him, oh, uh, it's 10 years ago is when I met him. 10 years ago next month is when I met him. So he and my youngest daughter just changed everything. Changed everything. <laughs> we are so excited for you. We are so proud of you. And just to see the look on your face when you um, talk about your goats and the things that you're doing for these little kids, it just shows your character. It um, really tells us that it's not just about, like you said, it's not about selling soap and things like that. Although that is a real thing and that you're helping your family provide for your family. But to see you involve others, especially young kids in the next generation and raising, raising them up to be farmers. And, you know, I'm a big fan of farmers and um, we appreciate you. We appreciate what you do. So we're going to ask you three random questions. What is your favorite song and why? Well, that's a tough one. I would, I would have to say it's the, the intro to Space Jam. I believe I can fly. I would say that probably my, my favorite, it's my favorite movie, favorite song. I love that too. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Okay. If you could be, if you could put anything on a billboard, what would it be and why? <laughs> it would be my goats. Ah. <laughs> There's already a billboard in town that says goats to boats. But <laughs> I, I can see I can see my goats up there. Just Yeah, just put a little ski dairy up there. Yeah, a little ski dairy. And if, if you look at some of the pictures on Facebook of my goats, when I pose them for show, for pictures... Their looks could kill. <laughs> so, yes, definitely them. I put them on the billboard. Come get your milk. That's right. Okay. What has inspired you the most to be who you are right now, to be such a determined, feisty woman? <laughs> I would just, my husband. I mean, he just, this is the reason why I opened this business. He's been running a roofing business for the last 27 years. So, He's he's pushed me to he inspires me to do more, not just have a pet some pet goats. So well fine, we're opening a dairy. It's a business. I already registered in and we're going. <laughs> well, I love all of it. And we absolutely love your channel. We love your goats. Took the time to be on Wilma the Wonderhands podcast because it makes us feel super special. Well, thanks for having us. Our listeners can find you on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. All of that's the same name, correct? Little Skis Dairy. Little Skis Dairy. Soon, the website. Awesome sauce. Or the store at at the dairy. All right, friend. We are so grateful. So thankful. Till next time, Jody. Bye-bye. Bye. That's it, y'all. Thanks for listening. If you found value in this episode, 
we would appreciate it if you would share this with a friend and leave us a review. Till next time, bye-bye, y'all. I'm Mel, and you are listening to Wilma the Wonder Hen.